To Second Star on the Left, a podcast on everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. My name is Matt Nelson, one of your hosts. I'm joined this week by... I'm Bert. Hi. I'm Katie. Hi. I'm Chris. Hi. So, uh, oh, we're a podcast on science fiction and fun stuff like that. Y'all, what are you enjoying this week? I, Bert, am playing NetHack again. It's an addiction. Um, link to the past randomizer play a lot of video games because i'm a horrible nerd um i'm watching john wick i'm getting through the john wick movies but i'm not watching the movies for the podcast and that's about it chris how about you um i am playing a lot of magic the gathering i am still reading the machineries of empire series and let's see what else am i doing um Watch a little bit of the new season of One Punch Man, which is uh, one of my favorite... Well, definitely one of my favorite animes, but I've only watched, like, three animes, so, you know. I don't know what that means. Is the top five? What are the other two? Yep, definitely makes my top five. And Katie, how about you? I'm not doing shit, man. Legit. (laughs) It's just going to work, and now I get to watch a dog. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> Dogs are in their own this... way unique and science fictional, I suppose. It's not, this dog is uh, especially uh, gassy. So. Wow, look at Nebula. <laughs> so, uh... This segment makes me uh, feel bad because it's like, what are you reading and doing this week? And it's like, if you don't say you're reading a different book every week, then you just sound like a loser. And also, I am very rarely reading any books, so it's like I'm an extra loser. Then it's like I'm playing video games. Wow. I'm really accomplishing a lot with my life. Thanks. <laughs> this, this, this like segment promotes like existential dread. Would, would you like to know how many it's times like... I've had sex this week as well? <laughs> just throw that in there. <laughs> uh, if you want to have a pissing contest to the the bottom of that particular barrel, um, <laughs> we can. I don't know. <laughs> Let's. I don't. You know. <laughs> I'll say what I'm enjoying this week. I am digging into nothing. Uh, like Chris, uh, there's new magic stuff, and for those that are really into gaming stuff, like we are, there is just so much happening right now that it's actually a really exciting time if you're a tremendous gaming nerd like we are so lots of dramatic stuff in the magic universe so oh, you know, well, yeah, that if you ever thought about magic maybe maybe give that a look and you know maybe give a shout to affirmative action in the in the noise surrounding uh having a lot of nerds who don't 
understand like the history and effectiveness of affirmative action all talking about how bad it is at once on twitter is like really fucking annoying so um that's where we're at right now (laughs) this week uh we're talking about the incredible tom cruise vehicle edge of tomorrow what i am about to tell you sounds crazy but you have to listen to me very lives depend on it. This is not the end. You see, this isn't the first time. Now we've had this conversation. What day is it? Judgment day. Um... What was y'all's? Ex- Who directed this? Sorry, uh, Doug Lyman. Okay, so he also did um, another significant film I can't recall right now, but I'm gonna pull up real quick. Uh, the reason I ask is he didn't do any, you know, uh, sex crimes or anything, because that's all. You know, even when we watch X Men, it's like, well, okay, it's like, you- well, the movie's fine, but whoever directed it is actually an evil monster. Do you count swingers as a sex crime? Um, <laughs> swingers actually. Never seen it. I can see some arguments that it is, but unless you're saying he is a swinger, in which case, no. I don't oh know. no, then that's I not mean, a sex crime. Not usually, no. Um, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry, and I think we're okay. Okay, great. Then let's Just, go on. <laughs> we can actually talk about this movie. I mean, we can anyway, but it's just always fun. So, okay. uh, what was y'all's experience watching this film? I'll, I'll be honest before we delve into discussion here. This is one of my favorite films of like the past maybe 10 years for science fiction. Um, it is a Tom Cruise vehicle and ridiculously fun, in my opinion. But Wait, can, we, thought. can we make something clear, though? This is not a film. This is a movie. Like, 100%. Uh, uh, this is a movie. Ooh. Oh. Well, tell okay. me more about that. Here's... Oh, yeah. Damn, not 100%. Art. Oh. I are you saying this is this is art with a capital F? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, but like in just the absolute best way that that could possibly be. I in in my opinion, <laughs> I just think that this is a great movie to sit down, hang out, eat a bunch of popcorn, like or Skittles. I kind of like Skittles better, but this is a great Skittles movie. This is like one of my favorite Skittles movies, and I've probably seen it more than any other non-Star Wars science fiction movie. I did not um, know that. Yeah, I've watched this movie at least half a dozen times, probably more than that. And uh, it's not really because it like sticks its burrs into my head. It's mostly just because I want to sit down and like really fucking enjoy myself. But, you know, sometimes, like, the first couple of times I saw it after, at the end of it, I was like, huh, like, I keep thinking about this movie. But mostly it's just, like, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt running around in exosuits, and it's also Groundhog Day. And somehow that's, it just works. (laughs) I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, But once you pointed out that it was based on, like, a Japanese, like, soft novel, um, and manga i'm like oh see that makes sense um but it is just like chris said it's just fun it's 
it checks off all the the good like high notes i think of just like your you know baseline enjoyable sci-fi it's not it makes you think just enough but not hard it's not making i don't think it's making like really deep social commentary on anything um except that swords are cool um get a fucking sword i guess uh but yeah (laughs) it was it was fun it was fun i enjoyed it so um i feel like this is my comeuppance because um i thought it was good um i especially liked the first half but the problem is is i had a lot of um things i didn't really enjoy about it not that i hated just that it, it had a lot of potential that I felt was squandered by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is uh, we did Serenity last week, and I talked about how much I loved that piece of crap. And now <laughs> I have to... This is d- definitely not a piece of crap, but I'm going to probably spend the whole time being like, eh, I didn't like this, which really makes me look like um, a complete ass. <laughs> so that's fine. That's what I get. Well, but it's all you know? it's all relative. Like, you had to talk about liking that a little bit because we were all sitting here talking about how it was like the worst piece of garbage to ever be put to yeah, digital so print. I'm, I'm, and like we're all gonna... I'm the devil's advocate of the show. Got it. Alright. <laughs> yeah. So I mean we can't uh, just all agree on everything. That's that's not fun. Yeah that's kinda of just pretty boring to listen to. Sure. Okay. That's good. As long as you guys are okay with me being a prick um every time but we know that uh that's it's coming from a good place <laughs> okay well thank you so um yeah the first half i actually greatly enjoyed i thought it was going awesome places i had a lot of fun it was a little schlocky but it was okay it clearly wasn't doing anything too involved and then actually i can like delineate in the movie where i kind of ended up going oh i don't care anymore (laughs) it's not what i thought it was gonna be and it's it basically undid everything that i thought it was doing but i mean it it's not like i would tell anybody like not to watch it or it was bad it was good what was that point but it it could have been really good the point in the movie Mm -hmm. uh what did it lose in the uh it lost me very specifically when they were in the um the garage slash farmhouse place I don't know what it is. It's just an old abandoned house, and they found the helicopter. That's exactly where I got. And I mean, I can go into great detail if you want, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to talk and talk and talk and talk about what didn't do it for the movie for me yet, at least. Um, I th- like my overall impression was it was a good movie. Um, competent, competently made, well acted. Uh, most of the action was fun. It was good. <laughs> I think what I appreciate about this film is, from a leftist perspective at least, I appreciate that Tom Cruise's character is not a paragon of virtue and, like, badassery, at the start of the movie at least. Um, mm-hmm. He's a real weasel. <laughs> and I think that's something that you don't usually see out of a Tom Cruise performance, that he is kind of the scummy guy. And I really appreciated playing in that space with the character um, and him just trying to get out of everything with this whole situation of being forced to be part of D-Day and the the character just being a turd. Um, I really loved that. And then um, it feels like the movie gets... You get to play a lot in this idea 
and I think that's what makes it so, for me, enjoyable as a movie. And, you know, Chris, you talked about how it, uh, it, it makes you think, but not too much. Um, you have, like, the scenes where Tom Cruise runs around the crater with, like, machine guns blazing like a fucking Matrix superstar. But that's because <laughs> he's played the same day over and over and over and over again. Uh, that's just a fun... A fun opportunity to think about like how he got to this place um and i i just i like that you use the word played there was that like by accident or without 100 percent intention because this is like a super oh it's like video, it's video game, game. Yeah. movie yeah, yeah no i and i agree with um bert that like i think where the film starts to fall apart because it is play this is a very fun movie it's trying to do very fun things when it starts to fall apart is when it has to introduce a romantic uh, connection between Emily Blunt's character and Tom Cruise. That for me is when the film starts to like get a little bit just like unnecessary, and I feel like that's when, but not why. Okay, tell me different. So tell me more. <laughs> uh, that's when it falls apart, but it's really a it's. So, I mean, I'll just go into it. So basically, yes. I'll be honest, I do not like Tom Cruise um, in pretty much anything because I feel like his type, the, the cast he gets typed into and, and his, honestly, what he is very good at playing is a cocky, arrogant prick. And um, it's sometimes it works, usually when the movie calls for that. But if I'm watching, for example, like Jerry Maguire, I'm like, I just don't want to watch this because I don't like this person and he's getting on my damn nerves. So the first half of this movie... He's he's totally out of his element. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm watching Tom Cruise like get belittled by people and like he's scared and like cowardly and and I actually kind of, I mean, it sounds dumb cuz it's I don't really think you're supposed to view it negatively. You're supposed to kind of almost sympathize with him like shit, he's getting thrust into this horrible situation. I'm like, this is cool. I'm a fan of this, and then he's he's not good at anything, and he has to slowly get better. I'm like, great, we're, we're acknowledging this character is not, like, I don't know, like, cocky and sure of himself. And then literally just halfway through the movie, he knows everything because he's lived through it all, and he also is so sure of himself, and he's the action hero, and he literally just, at that scene, he overtakes Emily Blunt's character, and it's just, hey, now I'm that character, and she's out of her element. And I'm just kind of like... Mm, okay. Yeah, it it didn't it it didn't become it it really feels like somebody involved in the movie was like, okay, Tom, we'll make you the hero and the action hero at the end. It's fine, you'll get there. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's like, man, it, it could have gone a different direction, and it didn't. It ended up being exactly what I didn't want it to be. Not that it was like I said. Not that it was bad. It just was more run of the mill than it could have been originally. Um, so I actually thought that they kind of set up Tom Cruise's character overtaking Emily Blunt's a little bit because she was like, I was there, but then I lost it, almost like a gift, I guess. So it sort of makes sense that he's in this place where he can sort of, um, fine tune it where, you know, she hasn't necessarily lost her skills, but she maybe lost her edge. Um, and that was fine. For me, the, the thing that was that like stuck with me and like these are just like some small things 
uh, was like how she kept saying, or I guess they both kept saying, like, I can't tell anyone they'll put us in a psych ward and do dissection. And I kind of wanted to be like, that's not how it works. That's <laughs> right. not how psychiatric health works. Uh, even if you're living in a war-torn, like, almost, like fascist sort of state, um, they don't they don't just do that, at least not anymore. Um, and, yeah, the whole, like, well, they're going to put me to psych ward in dissection. I'm like, this is, this is why people don't go get healthcare is because I've known people who were like, you know, had uh, some mental illness and they're like, no, I can't go to a psych, you know, like a psychiatric where I'll be involuntarily hospitalized. And also they'll put me down like a dog and I'm like, whoa, no, that's not, that's, that's not how it works though. So um, that was a little sort of like a sticking point. It's just like, why are you going so far? Like I get that the movie has to establish that like dissuading them from like trying to spill the beans um because they'll sound you know bonkers but the whole like forcibly hospitalized and but specifically dissected was like um no i don't think you would do that so anyway yeah um there's a whole lot of things that i feel just fall apart during that portion of the movie um they're they're driving over there and she starts talking about Hendrix, and or they they do I guess, and I just kind of felt like, why am I not watching that movie? <laughs> like you're telling me about an emotional connect. Like it sounds really sad, but I'm not seeing it. It's just something that happened that I didn't get to see. And there's there's kind of I mean it's fine. They have to fit however much plot. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's kind of like. Um, it, it's, it, like, at the very start when he actually dies and the alpha takes over, I'm like, okay, this is kind of, like, violent and scary and interesting, and, like, oh, he's gonna die, like, over and over and find out the hard way, but it's not hard. Like, right after that death, every time he dies, it's, it's, it's a video game death, it's a cartoon, it doesn't matter. So the minute you tell the audience, like, hey, deaths don't matter anymore you kind of lose the possibility of having an emotional connection with any of them. Like, with any of their deaths, I mean. Like, like they could have played that card with Emily Blunt, for example, when she dies in the helicopter crash. They kind of try to, but it's like, I don't really care, because he's just going to relive this whole thing, and it clearly doesn't matter. And honestly, he doesn't even seem to care as much as he could, because it's like, I've been through this a million times. It's like... It... It kind of plays its cards and then moves on. You know, it reminds. Yeah. Sorry, Tamina. No, good. Um, about well, I think you would, right? Like you'd have to start to like emotionally distance yourself, um, and eventually have yeah. that sort of callousness, right? Because like you, you're watching so many people die over and over, and not just your own death. Um, and I know like that kind of removes the stakes, but in that regard, I'm. I know I'm going to say this and, like, no one's seen it with me, but it reminds me a lot of, like, Steins Gate, which isn't an anime. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, no, I know all about Steins Okay, Gate. yeah, like, when, when uh, I forgot her name, when she keeps dying over and over, and the main character is just like, I don't even care anymore. I've seen this so many times. She dies every time, no matter what I do. I'm just tired of caring. Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up, because um, Steins Gate was a visual novel. And I'm working on a visual novel. And Chris had brought up last week about how Serenity had the same idea he had. 
So the idea in this movie is so central to visual novels. I feel like anytime I play a game with like um, any dating simulator with Japanese girls in it, um, about a third of the way through, they start talking about the multiple universe theory and Schrodinger's cat and shit. And you're like, why? Why does this happen in every visual novel? And it's because all of them have like you replay the same storyline over and over, changing minute things until you get to the ending. So they all operate off the same hilariously like weirdly convoluted idea um which mine does too but um yeah that's why the beginning of the movie i'm like oh i like this i'm totally into this i love this kind of stuff and especially once he's like he i i really love the portion of the movie where they're trying little tiny differences over and over and over i'm like this is this is interesting and cool to me because it's actually that kind of separates it from like groundhog day too because groundhog day isn't really like that it's not like there's some objective. It's just like, I got to get out of here and I don't know what to do. I'm just throwing shit at the wall. This was like, oh, uh, if you turn left here, then we won't get hit by that thing. And then you die again. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll hit the thing first. Then I'm like, this is great. I love this. Um, and then halfway through, <laughs> it it becomes the MacGuffin movie. There's just a, there's a MacGuffin and then another MacGuffin. And we have to go there and then we have to go there. They, they'd start changing where whatever the objective is and it doesn't really have any importance to anything it's not like smartly done um at least in my opinion like i i actually kind of started i like the original idea so much and i didn't like the ending so much in comparison that i started trying to come up with different ways they could have done the ending <laughs> which is a really weird thing to do in a movie yeah, the ending did seem kind of like a cop-out um because again, like it's just like, oh, the deaths still didn't matter, and now look, you get to be brought back, and you're you get to retain all these skills, but then you also have the rank, so it's just like the the ending is far too happy, I think, for yeah. what the stakes are. <clears throat> Sorry, for what the stakes are. Like Tom Cruise's character gets to even at the end. Like I was gonna say, he gets everything but the girl, but even at the end. He goes and visits her in the training facility and looks at her. And I think that's the thing, too, that I wish I'd seen more of. And maybe it's just the different context of the films. So, like in Groundhog Day, uh, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, Andy McDowell's character gets really freaked out when he, like, masters her entire backstory and relays it to her. And she's like, right. what's all this? This is this is weird. You're weird, Phil. And Emily Blunt's character never does that. Now, granted, she does the opposite. Yes, and granted, she knows what's up. Like she's been through it herself, so she's not like right. She's not unaware of what's going on. Um, but it feels their relationship feels unearned, and there's there's yes. no reason why they end up together. Except the movie's like, well, we have two conventionally attractive people. Um, and we are very much into heteronormativity, so I'm going to take my action figures and make them kiss. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing that does bug me about the movie, is that they spend a lot of energy setting up Emily Blunt's character and, like, creating the world that created her, and it's, like, you you get it, you know, you, you under you kind of understand who she is and it makes a lot of sense. And then it just gets completely subverted by a couple of scenes to allow like 
Tom Cruise to be just the the what we expect from an action hero. And uh, that's definitely my least favorite part of the movie because I'm really into like just like Emily Blunt in the first 45 minutes of the movie or so. Like I I thought that was great. Uh, And also Tom Cruise in the first 45 minutes or so. Like this is a movie that I've seen half a dozen times. And each time I see it now, like I, I understand that like I'm actually looking forward to the first half of the movie. I'm looking forward to them like like exploring the rules and how they like break them and that sort of thing basically uh so yeah like i i, Bert, I completely agree with you uh, on that part of it i had pretty much exactly the same note that that matt just made which was like it feels unearned and it's partly because yeah like i i remember the specific scene it, it was in the house with the helicopter he's he she's He's like, oh, let me get you tea. And he's like, oh, and you take this many sugars and da 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 da. And she's like, she's like taken aback in a good way by that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly. I know she's been through the same thing, but it's fucking creepy. Like, there's not really a context where it's not, it's literally like that thing, like, I know everything about you because I've been watching you for so It's like fucking weird. It doesn't matter. Like, even though she's been through it, she, her only experience with him is that day. So it's fucking weird, no matter how you put it. But the the movie doesn't play it that way. The movie plays it like, oh, she she loves that. It's cute. And I'm like, no, it's not cute. It's fucking weird. <laughs> she Emily Blunt's character a lot and her acting, which was just that she was like, maybe only friendly the whole time. She's just like, at best, at best, she was only friendly. It was very standoffish. I identify with that pretty heavily. So. I mean, that's another thing I would like to bring up, is they call her, like... What do they call her? Full Metal oh, Bitch. Yeah, Full Metal Bitch. Full Metal Bitch. Okay, that's I'm badass. S- I mean, that is so fucking badass. <laughs> uh, I want the Emily Blunt movie. My, that's what I want. I want the I'm Emily Blunt prequel. Though. See, my problem with all that, though, is, I mean, look. She, yes, in the first half, she kicks a lot of ass, and she's cool, but she doesn't really seem like a bitch, and, and I don't mean like I know they're not saying it like she's a cra- like she's an evil bitch, but it's like I don't know. She just doesn't. Well, she takes his battery the first time he meets her. Yes, that's, that's the one so cool. thing. Then that's all you need. That's all you need. Who tries to call her? Like no one ever fully calls her the full metal bitch out loud because she just punches them. And yeah. the thing is like, oh no, but see, she's not demure. So she, that there are two settings for women. You have demure that's, and you have bitch. There are no in between. So you got to be. That's my problem. Yeah. yeah. That's actually my problem is throughout the movie. She's either doing like they, they have like lip service where she's, yeah, she takes his battery or she is going to punch somebody. But then the rest of the movie, she's just, she's just there. Like she doesn't feel like a fleshed out character to me. Like, it feels like a, it's just a thing. Like, she's, it's like you said, she's a, she's an action figure that you bump with the other action figure. Like, the, it's it's literally just a, I don't know. It, it, I appreciate that she's not demure the whole movie, or she's relegated to the background the whole movie. Like, at least she's in the movie doing cool things most of the time. But it does kind of feel like, first of all, she's secondary to Tom Cruise, which can be okay. But also, like... <sighs> her character just feels like not as fleshed out as is i that's kind of the story of the movie for me though 
is like like in, it, it's funny like I know I had my reservations about Children of Men but like that's a movie that has something to say and it has action and grit to it and this is more just like it's a fun idea which is fine yes children of men is a better movie than live die repeat edge of tomorrow (laughs) that is yes that is a true sentence no but i mean like there's no reason during this movie like they can't like give the same kind like they don't have to go that full on but you can make the characters feel more real and and personal and like you don't have to that's what I mean, is, like, right in the halfway point, the movie basically tells you, nope, we are not going that far. We are just... All we care about now is getting the football, which is the the Omega. It's there, and now it's there, and now we have the device you have to get, and you have to, you know, like, it's like, you don't have to do that. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely not gritty. I think it's way more, like, stylized. I mean, for me... It's PG-13, yeah. so... Well, for me, watching it, like... Like yeah, you see the everything about it was just like this just screams Shonen Jump to me, and I think that's where it was originally published. So that's why, uh, just like everything was like major, like Shonen um, standards, which for me I, is enjoyable when I want to watch something that's action based. Like, um, I, and for that, like, but that's also what I expected sort of going into it. Uh, I wasn't expecting like a, a gritty you know, deep thinking movie. I was expecting, like Chris said, like just gonna eat some Skittles and just be like, wow, this is fun. So. Um. <laughs> I think even though it's fun, and it is, I think everyone, what I, another thing I appreciate is that everyone sort of brought their A game to it. Like Bill Paxton <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, he's great. He's, great, he's yeah. so good. Um, the moments that we get to spend with the rest of the um, company that Tom Cruise gets embedded with there are a lot of fun people. Um, What's the deal with her accent? Can we talk about that? I don't. That is a weird accent. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? Nance. The is that her? Yeah. The the kind of Cajun like Creole. Is it yeah. Cajun? It's a, a hey y'all is thing. I'm like whoa. I thought she was is... like like she was like a Alabama like East Texas like oil rig. That's what she screamed to me. Is like I... oil rig. It runs the gamut, man. I'm always listening. And she only doesn't have that many lines, but every line is like running the gamut. I'm like, whoa! It's like she's like taking a journey across the south. Maybe she's also um, she's also lived. I repeated. She's tried different accents each time. That would be awesome. No. He should do that. That's the thing. Is like you have so much. That's the Groundhog Day thing. I'm just gonna pretend to be French today. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Get up, maggot. You know, hello, oh, Francais. Yeah, you know, at some point he was like, he's gonna have a prank run. Let me just have like a, a goof mode. I'm gonna have a goof run. When he goes to the uh, bar, I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this because he's like, eh, screw it. And actually, that was another interesting thing. So, in my alternate ending version of this, it, it kind of takes that Groundhog Day turn where like, I was like, that, so they're in the they're in the barn, What I don't know what to call it, the garage, whatever it is the shed where the car and stored. it's the carport <laughs> I so a lorry no i don't know oh lord so they're they're in there and like it's like it's like she doesn't know that they've been there yet you know because they haven't talked about it and then he starts talking about things that happen have happened here like because he knows and she's like oh how many times have you been through this and he's like 
you know, however many, and then he starts, like, telling her about her tea and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Where the movie's gonna go is that he doesn't, he can't figure out what to do at this point, and he's just delaying because he just wants to spend more time with her, and he doesn't have any other, you know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's given up because he's a coward, and he doesn't know what else to do, and then and then she can take over and move the plot along, but it doesn't happen. I was like, that's cool. It's like a cool character thing that would happen to explain where the characters are, but it... Well, no. And as you're talking about this, I think part of the problem of the film manifests itself to me, which is they basically don't know what to do to find like the, the MacGuffin, the mega brain. They don't know what to do until it comes to them. So they're basically passive, living through the same day until that happens. And so, and then right. that's the point with the, which the plot starts moving again. Which, yes, and my idea, which what I would have done if I wrote this movie, screen, Hollywood screenwriters, I know you're listening, and Tom Cruise, I know you also listen to the podcast. Please subscribe to our uh, Patreon. <laughs> if, if, I was, if I had written this movie, so it was very clear that the, the vision of the Omega was like a trick, and they, they pull that out. They're like, oh, it's at the wherever, the dam or whatever, and then they go there, it's not there. I was like, yeah, well. Duh. Obviously, they they intended that to happen. They're really smart aliens. It's fine. So I was like, okay, you can have that be a red herring. And the red herring is designed to pull them away from the slaughter fight that they were in to begin with. So then you just make... What they have to do is they... He has to get good enough. He has to Dark Souls it and beat that battle. He has to find some out-of-the-box way to win the unwinnable battle. And because that's how he defeats the Omega. Just have the Omega be, like, the leader of the battle or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can just make it like that. Just subvert the expectations a little no, bit. No, it's um, it's totally the eye of Sauron. That's, like, that's yeah. what I was expecting, like, the, the, the catch to be, is that as he's reliving it, so, because apparently it's supposed to be like a neural network, right? I was like, oh, so he's reliving it, so is the Omega, right? But then it turns out, no? Oh, well, yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes this a movie and not a film. You can't think exactly. too hard about that science part of it. That's not necessary to enjoying the movie. You can think that no, hard, though. No, 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 I think that's a mistake, <laughs> and I think that is a... I, I legitimately think that is a flawed way of watching this movie. And I think you're setting yourself up to not enjoy something that is actually very enjoyable if you're deciding that that's the thing you're going to focus your brain attention on. That's just the plot of the movie. I, no, I totally disagree. No, no, no. The how this thing works and whether or not the alien is experiencing time at the same time. The the point is he oh, stole no, the I ability from the alien. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I see what you're saying. As as far as like the logistics of it, no, I'm not. I don't really care that much. Just so much as the fact that the direction it goes. Like like I said, you could have focused back on the character. Uh, you could have like that. What I just said, like having them go back to the battle and having them win an unwinnable. Like you give them, you give the character character a real conflict and an arc. You know what I mean? Like, give them some progress to make as a person. Like, at the beginning of the movie, he's he's a useless coward. He's like a figurehead. And then, like, I mean, yeah, at the end of this, yes, he's like a, I guess he's a seasoned guy. But it's like, it doesn't feel, like he said, it doesn't feel earned. Because, I don't know. It 
I I would rather see him do that struggle than like have have a bunch of montages. Like that's all it is. I mean, I guess Rocky's a bunch of montages. You know, it's the same thing, but it doesn't. Well, it's it's how do you communicate stakes effectively? Exactly. Because... There's no stakes because he just keeps getting shot over and over until he gets better. It's like you need some kind of like, hey, if you don't if you don't do this, you're gonna you're screwed. And it's it's like, eh, I can just keep relevant the same day. Whatever, I'll just get better and better. Who cares? You know. I think if um, I was that it was like finite, like that. Yes. Uh, you know, the, as best they could gauge, it only lasts, you know, X. Well, the the attempt at that, and I think they didn't make it clear enough, was that the it it was like getting closer and closer to finding them, and that's what the like visions were, or something like that. Yeah. No, that does do it. I I think that to me speaks back to the point of like the main characters being passive vehicles in the story, yeah. um, and then for me. I think the stakes are sort of weird because so we, we start reliving these days over and over again and then um, at, he gets injured and he loses it as well. And that's when they have like the final most climactic moment where they go to the, the Louvre um, to fight the, the Omega whatever. And I think they try to reintroduce stakes at that moment but then they sort of negate all that when they allow him to win like blow everything up and then that's it. So like the stakes got negated yet again. It's very hard to reintroduce stakes when like you've spent the entire movie subverting them. To just be like, "Oh, now you die for real." It's like, "Well, you can't prove that without killing the character and then you lose the movie." So it's like yeah. Um I would also like to right, say the right. action. They, it should have been they should have been using a method to create stakes even with yeah. the time ability and then keep yeah. that as the stakes the whole time you, you know set up expectations and create your world and then you use those rules for the and, and then yeah like the characters can subvert the rule somehow later on but the rule has to exist you want consistency i definitely agree right and that, all this to say yeah. like i think i still think this is a, a terrifically fun movie and like i'm going to watch it again this weekend like i just realized as we started this conversation I have to see this movie yet again, if only for the moment of, like, Emily Blunt walking out with that sword and the two, like, nameless, faceless, like, bodyguards or or foot soldiers (laughs) with her, because that moment just kicks ass. Okay, so this is where we're definitely going to um, have different thoughts, I can tell. Uh, The action (laughs) in this movie. And this is a problem I have with many movies just these days to be the crotchety old man um it just there's there's one sequence in the movie that i felt like that i felt like i could follow it and it felt real which hilariously is like the training montage when he's in the all the claws are flying at him which he keeps killing because uh when they're killing him mainly but anything in that room is usually okay and the reason is because there's one thing at a time attacking him in a non-moving environment, and the camera follows it. And I'm like, okay, this, and it feels, I, I'm like, okay, I know, like, a lot of this is probably computer animation, but I'm seeing him get hit and recognizing his reaction, and I can understand what's going on. Every other action scene, there's 20 things at once going on, and they're all in the background, and there's, because they flood the frame with computer shit, and I'm just like, I can't, it's it's just overload. Like, I, I, 
I'm I feel like I'm watching Transformers the neat <laughs> time. And I, and I hate that shit. I'm sorry. I, I I it's not as bad as Transformers in this movie. You can follow it. It's just I have to sit there and stare at the screen and like calculate in my head what is ha- I have to like recount what happened in my head the entire time I'm watching it. And it's, it doesn't it takes me out of the movie like every time. There especially are, near the end. There are no robot testicles in this one though, so just FYI, <laughs> if you're watching this film, there's no robot testicles. Yeah. Second star promise. <laughs> What? Are there robot testicles in, in Transformers? There are. There are. So, in one of the movies, Katie's face is amazing right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> there's, For those at home, there's a Transformer that is a, um, it's like part of a construction crane. And so the wrecking balls uh-huh. become the testicles of this Transformer. Like, one of the main Great. characters, John Turturro, uh, Excellent, excellent character actor John Turturro. Um, talks, Not in those calls, movies. He I'm calls sorry. in an airstrike on robot balls. Does he say that specifically? He used the term. It's balls. a Michael Bay movie. He he has to say it. Okay. He actually says yeah. balls. Yeah, I, I, I like as you like. I can see it on your face. Like you were real. It just saying. turns in my head. <laughs> well, John Turturro's half naked in all those movies. John Turturro, <laughs> fucking amazing character actor, running around in his fucking. His skivvies all movie like what the fuck but yeah like i i've only seen the first one in the first transformers movie and it's a fucking headache i had a horrible migraine by the end of the movie because it's just banging and clattering and the fucking camera panning around and all this robot shit and debris flying everywhere i'm like i don't know what it, what this is i don't know what any of it is and that's honestly i can follow most animes better than the action in these types of movies it's 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 what might make this isn't worse. one of those movies. This movie is much better than Transformers because the plot had thought put into it. The actors are good. It has levity that is good, and it does have some decent action in it. It's just all the computer shit that has to be in action movies these days. So I think I, the I cool thing about the action in this movie, though, as opposed to a Transformers, which I absolutely despise. Um, mm-hmm is because of the video game nature of it, because of the repetition, you get to cheat a little bit because they're adding things each time and you just get to iterate upon it. Uh, and I, I, I don't know, it, it felt, to me, it feels like, like that worked. It seemed to work to, to me. I don't, like, you, it, you might disagree, but... It does work within what i think the movie is trying to do and then i feel like the movie is definitely like acknowledging this is like a video game like this is like a game i feel like the movie understands that it's not like that's a mistake mm-hmm. but at the same time like i'm gonna be on is the same problem i have with like the star wars prequels i i don't want to watch a video game like i don't i mean I don't know. I, maybe there's a movie with video games in it that's I'm okay with watching them, but like, and you know, I'll watch a Let's Play if I'm bored. But like, I I don't want to watch a feature length. I'm playing a video game now. I mean, again, within what the movie's trying to do, yes, it makes sense and it works per se. But again, it's a case of yes, they can do it, and yes, it works. But I feel like they could do better by doing something different that I would prefer 
the movie should just do what I want to do as opposed to everybody who watches it. <laughs> That's basically how I feel. I, I think here's a good point, though. I think it is very much a video game movie. Um, yes. Even down to, like, the um, constant references to fate. Like, from, like, every single character. Like, mm-hmm. Bill Paxton talks about it. Destiny, um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a constant theme throughout the movie um, that I was noticing and you know a little bit heavy-handed <laughs> to put it lightly um like i said it's it's a i think chris your example of movie versus film while it's something i definitely want to explore more is a really good way of like this is something that you're going to enjoy some popcorn at and let wash over you but not in a way i think that's as bad as something like transformers where transformers will not let itself wash over you it has to carry you away. Like, that's how Transformers has to be. Like, you you can't sit right. there and just absorb it. It's going to fucking carry you and t- pick you up and bash you against the walls of the theater because, holy fuck, it's Transformers. Yeah, it's a porno with robots. Yes. With robot balls. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> but this, yeah, like, I, I would just say... Like, I had a lot of fun, especially, like I said, in more of the ideas that were present in the first half. And those (laughs) ideas kind of go by the wayside in the second half. Plus, like, any time there's a fight scene, like, it just detracts from me because I... We don't have to do the... I mean, I know it's a popcorn movie, but, like, there's plenty of popcorn movies... I mean, this is the last thing I should be referencing because I don't really like it either, but, like, Inception, for example, is not all just fucking things banging the entire time. Like, yes, there's a fight scene in it, and it's really goofy, but, like, people went out in droves and watched it, and it was over-the-top and goofy. Like, you can do that without having big, huge action scenes with millions of special effects at once, and my eyes glaze over and I go, oh god, I don't want to watch this. Uh, that's just how I am, though. Maybe that's just my reaction, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Again, I like the movie to be as slow as possible with nothing <laughs> happening. <laughs> that's just how I am. I'm curious, um, did y'all see a point of the film? Or uh, and what was it trying to say? <laughs> I'm sorry, I know no, what I you're know. trying to it's say. A bad question. It's like, just funny. <laughs> so we all we all thought the movie was good, but did anybody think there was any point in watching it at all? No, I know what you mean. Is there like a is there like a central theme to the movie? Is that what you mean? Yeah, something like that. I think you know this to me is a, a film that it's it's something that you put on to enjoy not think too deeply on because if you do you start to get sort of lost in the weeds um i do appreciate that it's an original property at least an adaptation um mm. and i like that the world the the design of everything feels near future ish but not like over the top science fiction um right to me it's a fun film that just how do I say this? It's a film, it, like like Chris put it out, it's a film that allows you to play. You, you play in the idea. And the idea isn't resolved in a really satisfactory way that makes you feel like good about it. Um, but it's a fun place to play in. And that's what I enjoy. I like going to that space and playing there. And, you know, to see him have the, the moment 
the realized moment of Tom Cruise again. I go back to that thing of like running around the crater, shooting all the aliens, and like all the people in his company are like, "Who the hell? How the hell did he do that?" Um, that's very fun, and I think the movie has those moments of fun, and when it tries to reason through how it gets to have fun again, it stumbles. Um, like, you know, to, to have the end of the movie be a, basically a boat ride with machine guns. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's dumb. I'm sorry. It's a dumb ending. It's a big dumb ending. It is. The ending was not great. It's not even just like the, the end end that everybody, that I could tell everybody hates, like where they kiss and he has to sacrifice like all that Hollywood nonsense. It's like everything before that, like the, all of the squad dying, what? the whole thing being magically in the Louvre of all places. It's like, this is all like just so goofy. And I mean, what? not I even goofy prob- in the good way. The problem I think that emerges at the end of the film is that it tries to introduce some pretty cool, not doesn't try to introduce it sets up some explorations of ideas and then never follows through with them. It's kind of like a, a freshman essay that starts talking about fate and philosophy and they read Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play any visual novels, Billy, because, yeah, that's that's what all that stuff is. Like I said, they just start talking about Schrodinger's cat out of nowhere and you're like, all right. And then um, by the end of the film, uh, they sort of lost the point. They forgot the thesis of what this was about. But we have a really cool action sequence that we're going to do, so let's do that. Yeah, that's... It felt very anime. Usually with animes, I, I, I mean, I think we're all in agreement on this. M- mangas. Usually in anything like that, what, what I usually get is, like, awesome, really interesting novel idea that has a lot of potential. Okay, I'm on board. And then we're going to... You hit the halfway point. Now it's time to spiral out of control. We have no control over this monster we've created anymore, and it'll get completely ridiculous at the end. Uh, I mean, definitely not the case with all anime, but I see it happen a lot. And I think it's usually just... And and in this case, I don't know if it's because that happened in the source material or if it's because they took the central idea of the source material, which is great, and then they're like, oh, we'll just build on it. And then that's where the failure happens. Like, well, you didn't come up with the idea. You're just guys trying to build off this great idea. And then it kind of falls apart because you don't know what you were doing. Um, I don't know which it is, but it's. I feel like it's one of the two. I, I probably would read the source material to find out, um, but I wouldn't watch the movie again. <laughs> if it was on in the background, I'd watch it. But, like, not by choice. But sorry. No. <laughs> I'm the hater on the podcast. That's what I get. <laughs> Katie and Chris, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'd watch it again for the exosuit and the fucking sword. <laughs> fucking rules. It whips ass. Everything else is, yeah, you know, but I wasn't expecting you know what? like. You know what? God damn it, it does whip ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably, if we, if we were to put together a uh, second star comments for like the little blurb on the stuff it would just be whips ass because that's what this movie does (laughs) it whips ass in the middle sure well right before the middle 
I, I was fully on board. I'm like, this is this is pretty kick-ass. I'm into this. And then... Eh, but, you know. The third um, act happened. E <laughs> the entire second half of the movie. Even then, like... It, yeah, I feel like if the action was a little... I don't know. I mean, I was watching John Wick. I'm like, this this whips ass. I I, I think that's a bad idea, too, is to watch something like that after this. <laughs> that like, is Jesus. true, because John Wick they, is a gold standard of, like, whipping ass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. I mean, th this movie, like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm being, it's just how I am. I, I have a bad habit of, like, so if a movie's terrible, like, just god-awful, I'll usually try to, I mean, I'm either miserable or I'm trying to find something good. It's, it's at least an experience, you know what I mean? And if it's great, then it's great. And mediocre is almost like, or mediocre or slightly above average is, like, almost the worst thing to be for me because like lost potential is is worse to me than just a bad movie i don't know why because no. it feels like it could have been something and it wasn't and that's it's disappointing instead of just oh that sucked like i thought it was going to you know what i mean yeah no there's there's an investment that we have in the in the product or the the cultural item i guess to be more and i, I think personally for myself like i also find that frustrating um in my professional life, in the jobs that I do, the most frustrating thing is when I don't feel like we're reaching what we could be doing, um, and we're stuck in this place of doing things mediocrely or poorly. Yes. And I'm like, we could be, it could be so much better. And that's, you know, frankly, I think a struggle as a socialist in the world where it's just like everything could life. be so much better if things were just a little bit different. It could be so much better. Um, which I suppose is what it's like to be a socialist in the 21st century. That's actually the tagline of this podcast. Everything could be so much better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing to aspire to. No. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was a good movie. I would suggest if anybody, if anybody listening is like, hasn't seen it. I mean, cause nothing we really talk. I mean, I guess it's spoiler, but this isn't like a twist intensive movie. Um, it's a lot of fun, especially for the first half. So I would, I would totally, if somebody was like, Hey, should I watch it? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. And I'm sure also most people would like it more than me, <laughs> which is an important <laughs> thing to, to, uh, identify, I guess. Chris, what's your closing thoughts on the film? I just love this movie. It, it does everything I want in just like a popcorn movie. And I, I don't disagree with pretty much any of Bert's criticisms, but they are just, for me, fundamentally and completely outweighed by the things that I do like about the movie, um, which is pretty much just that the sort of like Groundhog Day in a science fiction war against aliens concept is like hilarious and great. I think Tom Cruise really carries it, even though I am not a big Tom Cruise fan. I, I love Tom I just Cruise don't. running particularly care for him uh, but i thought this was a great role for him because we do put him into this smarmy war consultant role um and and yeah like it really is a movie that i love because of the first 45 50 minutes of the movie um and that's kind of okay. Like, yeah. the 45 minutes that I like of this movie, I have more fun than the vast majority of movies that I ever watch. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But, yeah, uh, definitely not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. I do love the way Emily Blunt keeps killing him in the training montages. 
just absolutely mercilessly. <laughs> that is one of the most beautiful moments in this film. It's comforting to watch <laughs> Tom Cruise get killed a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, that's our discussion on uh, The Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at Refreshing Time. If you want to hear more of me complaining about things that are fun, uh, and I run the Space Drill account at Space Drill, which I haven't updated in forever. I need to get on that, and that's about it. Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at at CCR underscore Grindcast, but only follow if you play Magic the Gathering, honestly. And you can find me at AnimeWeedFart69. Cool. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch uh, at a very big bear. I stream Magic the Gathering on Twitch and tweet a lot about politics and make poor jokes about the 2020 Democratic primaries, which are a trash fire. <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun. In, in a bizarre way. I'm really leaning into um, nihilism this election cycle. <laughs> like 2016, I was sort of like, yeah, okay, we can we can do stuff. This, this year, I'm just like, you know what? I, I embrace the void. I welcome the void. The void is everything. I, nothing can hurt me. I am in a void. Matt, did you know in six months it still won't be 2020? <laughs> God damn it. Just okay. to ruin, I thought just it was, to ruin I thought your it was a void, election. But I thought it was. Yeah, Shit. It's bad news. And what do we have, like 32 people running at this point? Um, I think up to 44. Well, there's only like five actual people. The others are lizards, you know. It doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, next five week, is we are generous. Talking... <laughs> next week, we are talking about the Paul Verhoeven film, Robocop. Yes. Yes. Everyone, this film or podcast is so excited for this oh film. Oh my gosh, thank you. I love Paul Verhoeven. This would be the time I think even Bert likes what we're doing. Hey, that's. I mean, I kind of wanted to bring it up this episode, but I didn't want to give it away until the end of the show. Like, you want popcorn and meaningful, thought provoking stuff and guys getting shot in the dick. Robocop is the one. That's the see, you get it all. You can do it all. There's no box. reason. Every box. Exactly. Those are the only boxes you need, really. <laughs> so, uh, with those boxes checked, we'll see y'all next week.